Now it's time for Life Speaks with Michelle Zirkel on the air. Hi, this is Michelle Zirkel with Life Speaks here on the Air Radio. And I am very privileged and excited today to have with me my dad, Mike Zirkel, who is joining me for a very interesting conversation on the topic today is UFOs. UFOs and unexplained phenomena that happens in the air, I guess we could say. And I also have a fellow author, Tony Lavorgna, who is here with me as well, and he is also a host of a podcast called Legends and Lore, and he is the author of many books that have been published, one of which is Haunted Roads of Western Pennsylvania. There's also Supernatural Lore of Pennsylvania, and... What is this one? Astonishing Tales of Pennsylvania. So we have met here in Bridgeport, West Virginia, all three of us for the first time. And we've had many conversations on the side, Tony and I, and finally got to meet each other today. So we're so excited to put a, a face and a handshake to this to this connection that we've had. Um, of course, I've known my dad for quite a while, just a little while, right? <laughs> So, yes. So, Dad's the vice president of a construction company in Ohio, and he's been in the construction business overseeing various aspects of the management side of uh, construction companies and OSHA requirements and that sort of thing. So, we're all just pretty well, as you guys know who follow mine, I am a teacher by trade and also a writer, and we're all pretty normal folks, average day folks that uh, we would not stand out in a crowd very much unless we're uh, discussing UFOs on a podium somewhere on a stage. So today we're going to have kind of a roundtable here with, with this conversation because what prompted all of this was that my dad recently, so I think it was December the 15th, I looked back at the date, December the 15th, over the skies of Huntington, West Virginia, Barbersville Mall area, he saw a UFO. And this was the first one of this kind that he saw. And it was also, it was the second one that he's seen overall. So we're going to get his take on that. And that is what brought us together at this table today. Okay, so Tony, first of all, I want to start with you, and I want you to tell my listeners here what you do, what's got you into this. I know you've done this for 30 years and more, and so go on into that for us. Sure. Well, I don't like to say that out loud too many times. 30 years sounds like it's getting up there. I don't like to say that. But uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on your podcast today. It is truly a pleasure. And as you stated, uh, Michelle and I, we've been friends now for a few years. She has been on my show um, at least once, and uh, we've had a wonderful time talking, so it's a pleasure to be here. Um, well, first, I, I specialize in obscure paranormal and anthropological topics. Um, I am an accomplished researcher, author, and public speaker. Um, 
generally on the subject of local legend and lore throughout southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, where I was raised and currently live. I do go over the border sometimes to West Virginia <laughs> and Ohio, as cases call forth for me to do so. Um, but I am a contributing writer, as you stated, in the book Supernatural Lore of Pennsylvania, Ghost, Monsters, and Miracle, uh, uh, Miracles, which was uh, written and composed by Mr. Thomas White, uh, who is a uh, professor. Uh, he's also an archivist for Duquesne University. Um, <clears throat> from that, I co-authored the book Haunted Roads of Western Pennsylvania, and in that book we talk about a variety of things, uh, taking a legend trip. Uh, I often uh, talk about many different topics um, throughout the years, but um, my latest book, Astonishing Tales of Pennsylvania, Curiosities, Curses and Creatures, um, which is on sale on Amazon.com. Um, which you can get any of these books that I've mentioned, uh, if you so choose. I also, as you stated, I do conduct a podcast where I talk to a variety of individuals. Sometimes they're interesting visuals like yourself and your father. There we're going to talk about today with UFOs. Um, but sometimes we do carry over when we talk about ghosts or near death experiences or even curses and sometimes things that fall into the realm of cryptozoological creatures, um, dogman, sasquatch. Uh, people who are considered to be amphibious lizard men. All of that sort of thing falls under the realm of the supernatural in today's world. But I want to shift our focus a lot today on your father, who's going to relay to us a very interesting set of events that happened to him. And I think you're going to expound a little bit on uh, some things that your your uh, your uh, Gil had seen. Uh, over um, over the weeks and months, uh, prior weeks and months. Well, one of the things that are interesting to me, and I just wanted to mention as we go into what your father is about to tell us, that UFOs have been with us for quite a long time. Uh, now, most people can tell you today over the age of eight uh, that Roswell was one of the, I guess, uh, main staples that most people uh know about or aware of uh, that had allegedly taken uh, place back in 47. Um, however, I'm here to tell you there have been strange occurrences that have happened long before that. Um, and there's uh, many a timeline, um, which I don't want to go into here. I, I, I want to get to the main event. But um, if, if you're familiar or if you're not familiar, uh, some of these things, ladies and gentlemen, date all the way back to the 1800s. Uh, in a very interesting book called The Flying Saucers Have Landed, which was written by Mr. George Adamski, uh, quite a number of years back, uh, some of these things have uh, were first seen uh, all the way back in the 1800s. Um, 
uh, Palermo, Italy, 1817, dark flying objects that ho- hovered over the skies. Uh, 1822, October 23rd, astronomer uh, Parstoff observes two unknown objects pass across the sun's disk. Um, and we could go on and on uh, all the way up until uh, things were seen here in this own country. There was many. Uh, where I live in southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, there have been a number of strange sightings, and we can talk about a little bit of that later in the podcast. Um, one of them being some strange lights that have appeared over the Poconos from 1973. And then as recent as 2014, uh, right over the county of uh, uh, Beaver County uh, towards Aliquippa and Rochester, uh, there's some strange things in the sky, giant black triangles that were being chased. So we'll talk a little bit about that further. Um, but uh, again, thank you for having me, and uh, let's get underway, shall we? Yes. Our mutual friend, Wendy. Oh, Wendy I don't Dietch. know how to pronounce her last Wendy name. Wendy Dietch. Okay, that's it. She is one of our writer friends, and that's that's our connection, is that's the right. writer's retreat in Ligonier, Pennsylvania, that... Uh, put put us in touch. We both were going to these retreats for years Absolutely. and hitting the hitting different ones and not actually meeting each other. And and Wendy and Kathy said, "Hey, you guys need to connect for sure because you have so much in common." And we have not only in common the UFO factor, but the paranormal, which is leave the parent para part off of normal anymore because para normal is normal well, anymore. In addition to normal, in addition to. Normal, right? It it's it's way it's every day anymore, right? So there's there's nothing different about it. There's so many people experiencing so many different different things. Like you said, this show does often go into things besides UFOs and and the paranormal and the spiritual world and metaphysics for sure. But uh, my my father here, who is. from actually from Mason County, interestingly enough, from Mason County, home of the Mothman, where I actually taught at Point Pleasant High School with Jeff Walmsley for 20 years, and he was the originator of the Mothman Festival that takes place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, Dad said that last night, you said you saw on William Shatner, right? The, the Unexplained, the new show on TV that's, that's titled The Unexplained, by uh, hosted by William Shatner. Yes, so Jeff Wamsley was a guest on there, and so that will give you some insight into that is not a complete stranger to, to unfamiliar uh, events that can't be explained. He grew up during that era when the Mothman was being hunted in the TNT area, and <laughs> and he never did find it, but he, he he tells these stories of people going out with their umbrellas and baseball bats to <laughs> to find this creature, which is, is quite comical, and of course, uh, you guys, you know, we, we've done a show on this separately with, with Mike Zirkle, so you can look for that separately. But um, he definitely has a an interesting take on what has happened to him just recently. Um, and Tony mentioned a guy named Gil, and Gil is my boyfriend who uh, is not with us today, and I'm going to do a separate show with him. Uh, he is seeing something very similar, just so that you know, that what my dad just is going to describe to you that he saw over the skies of Huntington, West Virginia in December of 2019 is very similar actually looks in much ways exactly like what Gil saw 
and, and Gil sees numerous times. So that will be a separate show. But I'm going to let Dad tell you what he saw that day on the way back from work. Uh, he works in Ironton, Ohio, Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Well, well, the whole this, that that area, right? <laughs> and he was on his way back, so he has an hour and a half drive every day, and has lots of opportunities to see this, but has never seen it until this day. So, describe for us, Dad, what you saw. Okay, thank you. Well, this day wasn't any different than any other day. Uh, my normal travels are: I drive eighty miles uh, to work and eighty miles back from around Charleston, West Virginia, to Portsmouth, Ohio. And I've uh, been doing this now for over 11 years with this particular company I'm with now. And this day, um, it was actually the date of the sighting was the 22nd, I believe Wednesday, the 22nd of 2019. I was on my way home, just like any other evening. And as I approached the... Charles or the Barbersville Mall, uh, it's actually the Huntington Mall exit on I-64. I'm traveling eastbound, and nothing again unusual about the trip. Uh, traffic was about the normal it normally is. It's rush hour traffic. Folks are bumper to bumper, and off in the distance, probably I would estimate ten miles or so, there was a dark cloud. Uh, cover that started over the sky that was per- predominantly clear up to that point or just a little overcast but this dark cloud cover came up and I could see I was approaching it and I was thinking to myself well I wonder if we're getting any kind of bad weather around my home because it was probably over the Putnam County area which if you're familiar with the area I'm talking about in Barbersville I'm actually in Cabell County so I'm an entire county away um, and I saw this cloud cover coming up as I was uh, traveling down the interstate, heading home. And all of a sudden, I noticed this pinpoint white light just kind of appear in the center of this dark cloud cover. And a ridge of, initially, I thought it was simply an airplane, uh, a helicopter, something with a landing light on uh, there's no particular airports in that particular area. Uh, but I have seen many, many planes with landing lights on, and I've flown all over the country and everything that has wings in my career. But this immediately became started becoming larger just within milliseconds, and then uh, just became this radiant white light right in the center of this dark cloud. Now, granted, I'm eastbound on I-64 in the evening. The sun is not it not in front of me. It's behind me. So there's no reflection. There's nothing that would show, uh, would be obvious to the, uh, the naked eye that, that anything would be reflective from that area. If this thing literally appeared from the cloud and this pinpoint light became larger and larger and larger, and I'd estimate it had to be at least 10 to 12 miles away from me eastbound in the sky. And this light, in comparison to vehicles that I could see around crossing over a near bridge, if those bri- those cars, the size of a car, um, in comparison to this light, 
These cars were probably a hundred yards in front of me, were the same size as this light that was now projecting at least 12 miles from me in the sky. It had to be huge, and it was extremely radiant. The first thing I noticed was this light is not moving. It literally appeared in this spot in the cloud. It became amazingly bright, and it became, in my view, it looked like it had sharp edges as if it was a rectangle, nearly a square, but just a little longer than it was tall. And it was amazing to me because I kept looking at it, and my first indication was I wanted to shout out the windows and yell at the other drivers, my God, you've got to be seeing this thing. Are you not seeing this thing? And the, then I, I, I couldn't get my eyes off of it. I was fixated on it. Well, it I know did, you said that you were almost expecting other people to, you were looking around like, are people going to pull off the road? We're being invaded. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it was that, it was that obvious that it was you, if you were traveling eastbound on I-64, uh, and you saw this thing, it was so directly in front of you, you could not have missed it. Uh, it, you had to see it. And yet, in my mind, I'm thinking, when I get home, I'm, I'm going to turn on the evening news at 6 o'clock, and I'm going to hear about all these people that called the radio or TV stations and reported this thing because it was so obvious. And the closer I got to it, I kept thinking, oh, my God, I want to go faster because I want to get closer to this thing. And the, the, probably the two most bizarre things that I noticed about it was that it was not moving. It didn't go left. It didn't go right. It didn't go up. It didn't go down. It stayed right in that one spot. And then it began to change shapes. And it almost looked like it had a smiley face under it. And then it turned right back to this almost perfect rectangle, in my view. And the size of it was what was astonishing me, and the brightness. Because with these dark clouds all around it now, it was amazing. There was no other anomaly in the in the sky even near that that even showed close to that and then as i drove probably this lasted about i want to say maybe 30 seconds to 45 seconds and as i as i got closer to it in that 35 or 40 seconds it just kind of just it looked like it turned sideways and just drifted right back into the cloud disappeared in a blink of an eye so you got home. I know you, you got home and you were, like you said, looking at the news. It, this has got to be on the news. There's no way it cannot be on the news. And you were kind of kicking yourself for not taking pictures or videoing. It just When it happens that fast and you're not used to seeing something, that wouldn't necessarily be your first inclination. You're thinking, oh, my God, we're being <laughs> invaded. So I know Gil will immediately get out his camera and he'll start videoing. But he's seen this so many times. He's, he's prepared. And you... You obviously weren't, but you did happen to think about looking at your dash cam that was mounted in your Jeep for security purposes. And you were able, when you went out to get that, you were able to look through the, all of this because it's a continual feed on this video cam. And you were able to narrow down and find that specific uh, just two-minute segment pretty much that shows this Fairly clearly. I mean, not exactly as clearly as you're describing, obviously, because it's it's video, but it is on there and you can see it. That's true. And one of the things that I was probably more upset at myself at 
was the fact that I'm a, I'm a trained observer. I'm a retired police officer. I was a lieutenant with the sheriff's department in Ohio. Um, I've, I've, my, my job requires me to be observant. I oversee a, a major safety and health program for a major construction company. Um, and, and I pride myself in being observant. And, uh, this, this thing caught me so off guard that I didn't pick up my cell phone and start videotaping it. And, and, and the moment I thought about that's when it disappeared. And I thought, oh crap, should have picked up my phone. But little was I thinking about it and the shock of the whole thing literally had me so bumfazzled that I forgot until about a day or two later that, oh my gosh, I've got dash cam. I wonder if it captured it and if it hasn't over, has it looped over that part of it by now because it loops over every so many days or so many hours. And I'm not certain what that is. I was hoping it was still captured on my dash cam. Lo and behold, I got my dash cam, uh, 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 disc out, put it in my computer, started playing it. It played all the way from my, my trip from my office all the way to that point, And there it was just as clear as the bell, the whole episode. And I couldn't have been more elated, and I couldn't wait to share it with people. Yes, and we, I know you were going to send it into MUFON, and Tony's given us a good connection for that now to get it to directly to someone's email so they can uh, they can pinpoint it. With with documenting these kind of things, it, it is important, but with, with sending it in sometimes, it can be very... Um, I think frustrating for some people who don't get a response back because I know when Gil first saw the UFO that he saw back in 2015, that first one that came to the house in Columbus where he lived, that when he did send in to MUFON in a, a file directly on their site. So it's too large to attach as an email. It you You have to save it to a Dropbox and then you have to download it onto this um, submission form through that website. So it's not like just sending an email and attaching. It's not that simple. But he did do that, and he didn't hear anything back. Um, he, he did actually send it in twice, and he, he didn't hear anything back. I'm not sure why that is, because it was only it was a 45-minute video entirely from beginning to finish of the UFO itself. In your case, you had this large like you said, looping uh, hour and a half footage, but just two, se- two minutes approximately of that was actually where you could see the what you're calling a UFO or some this bright light. And I know you said it was so bright that it was it was bright as bright brighter than the sun, but it was white. It was like a white neon, pure white, pure white. It right, was amazing. Like a white neon. Okay, so Tony, do you have any questions for Dad on this? Yes, the, the first thing that interested me that uh, Michael had made note of, um, which was excellent, he made an observation that said he was traveling eastbound, so we know the sun going down in the west is already behind him, and that he had the foresight to think of trying to use some type of frame of reference in the size of the object. Now, Michael, how long, how f- big did you say that was again? Could you state for me? You said that that was at least, uh, you're thinking maybe a hundred yards, the car in front of you in relationship to the size of that light. Because we can examine from this, uh, Michelle, that we can make a determination, a safe determination that 
Obviously, this isn't a plane emanating this type of light. It is not the sun reflecting off cloud overhang or anything of this nature. That being all behind him. So that leaves us with there is a solid or some type of object. I probably shouldn't say solid, but there's some type of object obviously emanating this light directly in front of him. That's that's true, and 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 I gave that thought uh, as I was watching this this light, and and I purposely, as soon as it disappeared, uh, I purposely uh, observed that spot throughout the next several miles, and all around that spot in the sky, to try to see if there was any kind of uh, airplane, any kind of. Uh, normal object that you would think might be emanating a, a light like that. There was nothing. Once that light disappeared, it was gone. The cloud was closed back up and there was nothing there. It was just simply cloud cover. And I, I purposely looked for something. I thought there's got to be a logical explanation. I have witnessed landing lights on planes at night. They can look like when they're approaching you for an approach if you're in their approach path i have had people yell at me and say hey mike come and look at this light in the sky and i'll tell them immediately it's a landing light on a plane and they'll look at me and they'll say how do you mean it's not moving it's coming towards you give it about two minutes and it will be almost over top of us and you'll see how it's moving when they're headed towards you you can you it, it does look like they're not moving because they're literally headed towards you this was nothing like that. There was so nothing. You're stating like that. this wasn't. This wasn't just for those um, listening, ladies and gentlemen. The, what the man is, is describing to you is a closing pattern. In other words, the closing pattern of the object coming at you is going to show you or depict to you that it may look stationary in the sky even though the object is not stationary. That's and that is what Michael is explaining to you right now. If it's coming directly at you, directly at you, it will look like it's stationary. But you watch it for a moment, and it'll, 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 literally, it'll, it'll literally show its movement. The, the reason I could, I could judge the size of this object, which was the most prob- one of the most shocking things about it when I was looking at it, and, and judge that against uh, the size of an automobile is that there's a bridge overpass in direct view, directly below this, uh, this light that I saw that had vehicles going across it. As I saw those vehicles going across it, a vehicle goes right across my video, and you can see that video. That car at about 100 yards away is the same size, actually smaller, than this light is behind it. And this light is an estimated 12 miles away at least. Uh, That's why I said this is a huge light. This is not a normal light that comes from an airplane or anything like that. This thing is huge, plus its square shape just indicated to me that this is a, a magnificent event that I just could not explain. I know you said when you, you called me and told me about this immediately, and you said it looked like a neon, a white neon rectangle sign had been hung in the sty. You said it was that sharp, pristine on the corners. It was crisp. It wasn't some blob anymore. And, you, of course, you did describe that it was changing and it had other shapes yes. to it. But when the, at the time that it was that rectangle shape, it was sharp. 
sharp edge is like a sign. That's true. That's true. It it, it was it was so uh, it was so graphic in its in its image to in my my view that it, it, it the sharp edges and the rectangle shape again that was kind of a shocking thing. Have you? I know that you watch. I know you just mentioned William Shatner's show that you were watching last night, and and you know that. I love watching the History Channel with you and Ancient Aliens and Unidentified is a new one that just came out on the History Channel. Um, but have you ever seen anything that looked similar in, in any way to what you saw? I know that the, the sign part, where you, the, the rectangle shape itself, maybe not, but is any part of it giving you, uh, have you seen anything on any of the shows? that would be similar to those shapes? Nothing like that. The only thing that, that came to my mind is when when I saw this thing, if you recall the Richard Dreyfuss uh, movie back, I don't know, in the early 70s or so, was it Encounters um, of the Third Kind? Yes. When they went to the mountain and they, and they viewed from the mountain this setup that the government had, to welcome this UFO that he had witnessed and everybody's trying to make him look crazy at. Uh, when they set up those uh, audio-visual demonstrations where they played the music in different chords and different sounds and tried to communicate by light and sound, when those overhead lights fixtures came on, they were tremendously bright they were in sync with the music that they were playing or the chords that they were playing. And I thought to myself, my God, it looks just like one of those signs. It was that bright, that graphic, that square, looked like a rectangle. And I thought that's the first thing that came to mind. And I haven't thought of that movie in 35 years. Very interesting. I'm so glad that you shared it with, it in, with us. And you knew that... I would be very open to hearing about this because I had had my own experiences with mostly through Gil because he had seen several things that he'd related to me. But what's interesting of the timing of this interview is that just last weekend on Thursday night, I got to my house Friday night. Actually, I got to my house in Portsmouth, Ohio, and I was unpacking and came made another trip out to my car. And I looked up and I saw this very bright light a very bright would I would have thought was a star but I thought wow and I my mom was there and I looked at her and I said hey there's Gil's UFO and she of course said oh yeah you know I saw that Wednesday night and of course we're I said what well, must be a star then if it was out Wednesday night too it must be a star it's just really bright so we went on in the house went about our business on Saturday, Gil comes down to my house, and he says, we're driving to get some doorknobs and things to to renovate the house. And as we're on our way down the road, Gil says, I think you might get a chance to see your UFO tonight. And I said, really? And he gets this look on his face, like he can tell. He can sense that something is coming something's around that's not the usual energy so i said really and he says yeah and he said i get this hazy feeling so we pull into lowe's and we look up and he says there it is 
And that is what he, the kind of light that he sees all the time. It's in the exact location, generally speaking. It's, it's southwest of Portsmouth. And it's in the same location that what I had just seen the pr- previous light. Same light, same brightness. And I said, I just saw that last night. You're kidding. I thought that was a star. He said, no, look closer. So we, when we came out of Walmart, it was still there, or Lowe's, we, it was still there. And we, we found a dark place so we could really get it on, on the phone. He pulled it up on his phone and zoomed in. And you can actually see, we're discussing with yours, the, the movement and how you can see this moving if it's not coming directly towards you. Of course, this appeared to not be moving at just first glance. But when you pull it up on the phone and look at it, it actually is pulsing. And you can see this amazing energy from it that you do not see at the, on the other, uh, with the other stars. You could see some other stars out. But when you do the same thing with your phone that you're doing with that, it doesn't happen. It, there is not the pulsing. There's not the energy around it. There's not the movement. This thing was a white ball of light that was swirling. You could see some other colors in there, some red. You could see some blue. And it was definitely different. Uh, we went to eat, did a few other errands. Probably a couple hours had passed. And when we walked out of the last place was Applebee's, and it was gone. It was gone. So we called Dad because we called him earlier, and he, we said, look out there. You know, We think this is the same thing that Gil's been seeing, and, of course, everybody wants to know when he sees it. If, if I'm in the range where you think I could be able to see it too, let's look at it. If it's a star, you're going to be able to see it probably from anywhere, depending on cloud coverage, of course. But Dad saw it. He and his wife had been out and had just that night been noticing that there was this bright star in the sky, what they were referring to as a star. She noticed it. Yeah, your wife noticed it because you were joking, hey, maybe we'll see our UFO. So everybody's kind of joking about this, but yet then it's gone. So it, it's gone within within two hours. A star doesn't just disappear. No, not at all. Not at all. So anything you can add to that, Tony? Because I, I know that you you know you you investigate a lot of these different um, sightings. I wasn't obviously looking for anything, but I I want you to chime in here in a minute. But I do think the interesting thing out of this you you didn't even have a, a clue this was around till you saw it. I didn't have a clue. And I do I do energy work and I didn't notice the energy from this thing. But Gil did. He can sense when this is around because the energy from it is somehow getting through his energy field and he's able to tell that it's around. That's he gets this precognition. Uh, almost like an aura that you would get if you're going to have a, a spell, an out-of-body experience, a seizure, or anything like that. You get what we would call an aura. So it's almost like he got that, and he, he does get that. He's in tune to this somehow. Now, whether it's the same exact one that he's seeing or if it's a different one, it's definitely the same style. It's it's acting the same way it's pulsing the same way the energy is the same from it because he feels that same type of energy but he did ask me that uh after we were discussing it um after he saw it and did i think this was the same one or of course and i don't know but it's possible that there are many of these and that it's not 
only there's not only one of them i don't know but uh, anything that you want to add to that or any of the questions that you might have tony for the, this is a very uh just a, it's a interesting topic we don't have answers we don't purport to have answers none of us here do we just are reporting what we see to the best of our ability and, and that's uh and that's just it uh that's basically a great summation of where we are today michelle um, there is a lot of different information out there folks um, one of the departments that i usually work with is mufon uh, the mutual ufo network um, the director that i usually speak of is the director for west virginia mr fred saluga um, however there are many many cases that come through across many people's desks all the time this is a phenomenon that has definitely more questions than answers um, it is not surprising to me that you had spoke of Gil uh, sometimes feeling or having some type of precognitive um, feeling that these things could be around uh, there are documented cases of that um, also with that being said who knows mm -hmm. are they coming from somewhere else are they simply coming from another reality that they can seem to appear to step in and step out of our reality as easy as you and i might walk in and out of a doorway um, the objects can seem to lend themselves to making all types of ridiculous maneuver maneuvers in the sky uh, some of them come in different shapes, different sizes. Uh, colors as well have been affected. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Mm -hmm. Who really knows? Um, in my book, um, in the uh, one of the stories that I tell in the book Supernatural Lore is an event that took back in March 1st of 1973 over Sailor's Lake uh, towards the Pocono Mountains. Um, on that night, 39 objects flew at roughly we're told 1500 to 2000 feet above the lake they were observed from a housewife at the time a miss pfeiffer uh miss uh miss howard pfeiffer and her children and about uh, 11 to 20 other residents saw these 39 objects uh fly in from the west they would fly over sailor's lake and then out to the east it, it done so in uh 15-minute intervals between the hours of 7.25 p.m. through 10.45 p.m. Uh, that was on the date of March 1st, 1973. Again, the location was Sailors Lake, Pennsylvania, in the Poconos. Now, at that time, um, they dispatched a state trooper out to investigate um, this, uh, these sightings of these um, lights. Uh, they were described... Uh, by Miss Pfeiffer as kind of a saucer or a bright light. Um, she said that there was no uh, distinguishable uh, detail to the object. It was just extremely bright lights, and she said they almost resembled the shape of a child's wading pool. Uh, 
uh, because she was making a comparison with what she saw, um, which isn't very much unlike what Michael had just told us about the uh, object in the sky, only that it's, it seems like its trajectory and perhaps angle was a little bit different. Uh, but extremely bright, according to her. Now, as I said, a state trooper was brought out at the time. His name was Jeffrey Hans to investigate these matters. Uh, subsequently, that evening, uh, when they reappeared, uh, uh, state trooper Hans um, made an observation. He said some of them actually lit up in multiple colors. His exact words were they look like a Christmas tree. They were lit up so much. Um, now, here you have, again, a trained observer, a trained professional, a man who was uh, trained to observe and things, and they're having trouble making a correlation or a description because these are things that we just don't have words re- easily uh, right. affordable to us. So <clears throat> with that, in fact, uh, these objects fly over the lake, He then, at the time, uh, contacts Lehigh Valley Airport. Um, In those days, um, our sonar, our radar was much different than it is today, not quite as sophisticated. Um, But they did uh, contact the um, Allentown Bethlehem Eastern Airport. Like I said, it was Lehigh now. Uh, And the airport stated that there was nothing on their radar, but that their radar did not or was not able to pick up things flying that low. So again, you know, things in the sky, we don't know. Objects, is this our new normal, folks? I don't know. Um, is this our, is this a next step in uh, whatever our journey is? Again, who knows? Um, there are many different accounts of different sightings. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is a case that I looked into in 2014 back in Pennsylvania, uh, where I reside, uh, happened over the area of uh, Aliquippa and Rochester, two counties uh, outside of Pittsburgh, uh, where there were a, a few gentlemen who had witnessed from their from the front porch of their home a giant silent flying triangle that had come up over the ridge. It flew along what um, was locally in the area, a a set of commercial pipelines. This object was said to just come up over the ridge. It gained altitude. His first response was quite a few colorful expletives. <laughs> no sound was made. There were three different lights on the angles. Not long after it had left, all of a sudden he saw black unmarked helicopters chasing in the direction of which way this um, device, apparatus, vehicle, whatever you feel like your choice of verb or of words are, uh, they were in hot pursuit of this item. Now, nothing more that I found came from it except from some other witnesses from that area. So it is an ongoing case as far as I'm concerned. It, it makes you come back to the basic question, is, is this government or is this alien? Is this actual extraterrestrial? And I, I do think there's a mix of things out there just from everything that I've heard, seen, and experienced myself. Absolutely. I believe that there is a mix of that going on right now. And there are a lot more people like dad, like you, myself, that are willing to 
and, and interested in this, willing to talk about it, not afraid to say, here's what I saw, believe it or not. Um, everyone has to choose what they believe and we don't need to convince anyone of anything. Just simply, this is what I saw. And, uh, that brings me back to you. You had a good point with, with MUFON that you had a, a director here in West Virginia, um, who you directly work with. And I know I had given you a date earlier of the, the sighting that dad mentioned, and he just gave a different date. So we may want to clarify that the date that I saw was the 15th of, de- of December, uh, that he had sent it to me. So I know it, it, it had to have at least been back. Okay. So that's fine. So it is December the 15th. That's the recording on the phone. So that was the date. So I, I was correct in what I gave you earlier. And I know that you were going to, to see if there was any, um, if there were any sightings that were mentioned, uh, to, to your friend with MUFON. Um, what was his name again? Uh, Mr. Fred Saluga. Okay, Fred Saluga. If if anyone else hadn't hadn't mentioned it, because as Dad and I were just talking last night, and numerous times when I've been talking to other people about this topic, we're all wondering: Are we the only ones? But we don't know if we're the only ones. We might there may be people in houses all over West Virginia talking about this bright star, and in Ohio, we don't know how many people inside their their closed doors are talking about this very thing just because they're not out there and discussing it and it's not on the local TV channel doesn't mean people aren't noticing that this is not the typical star. Well, I can truly say in the last 20 some years, I think it has become less taboo of Mm -hmm. a subject. Mm -hmm. Um, 30 years ago, even 40 years ago in the 1970s, uh, you mentioned this type of subject. Um, people would often roll their eyes, snicker, walk away, or make some type of uh, derogatory remark mm-hmm. uh, by your powers of observation. Uh, where today I think our society is slowly um, becoming more aware of some of these things. Now, that's not to say that we should become lax um, with our observations or our claims. Uh, That's not to say that um, these things do not happen either. Um, I believe they do happen to people. I I do also believe that people often, when they're faced with these things, sometimes uh, it frightens them. Mm -hmm. Um, And one could understand why. Uh, We have something here that hits you in the face. It it changes your idea and perhaps your perceptions of of reality Mm -hmm. and what can exist or what cannot. Um, We do have to keep in mind, folks, uh, there's parts of our own ocean here on this planet that we haven't fully explored. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think it's that much of a leap um, for uh, people or our listeners uh, to kind of just keep an open mind a little bit that perhaps these things may be coming here from somewhere else. Uh, perhaps they may be coming from our own planet from somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know the world in which they work or operate in. Exactly. Yes. And keeping <coughs> your mind open to that, like you said, if something is in the sky at a distance, what I saw, it didn't frighten me because it wasn't swooping over my house. Uh, my girlfriend lives in Asheville, North Carolina, and her yard guy was out just a couple months ago and saw two blue triangle-shaped 
objects come over her house. He was frightened. That would be a little different, I think. So everyone's encounter is different. You know, I don't know if that did this frighten you or just more astonished you probably. Oh, yeah. What you described, it didn't really frighten you. I was just taken back by the, the the whole image of the thing, and it was showing up like it did, and I was just intrigued. I was mm-hmm. like, what in the world could that be? And there's one more time that you saw something, and it was not this. It was years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many years ago now. Not all that many years ago. Actually, about, uh, I think it was fall of 2017, I was standing in my backyard innocently. It was a fall day. It was prior evening about mm, 10 o'clock or so. I was just going out to my uh, uh, man cave, my outbuilding and behind my house, and I'd started back to the house, and there's only about a 30-foot section there between my house and my building, and I just glanced up at the sky as I was walking toward my back deck, and I noticed this bright light in the sky coming from the southeast, and um, it was over my neighbor's yard, actually. And as I, I looked at it, I thought, wow, that's, that, that's low. That's really a low-flying something. And then I, I, of course, listened, tuned in to, with my ears to see if I could hear anything like, you know, uh, the, the report from a, from a combustion engine or a jet or a, a, a helicopter or anything like that, and nothing. And this light was simply going in one direction um, and traveling over right directly over my house and my neighbor's yard. And I watched this for just, oh, maybe 10 seconds. And then I've kind of lost my balance in the yard there, looking up and being dark. And I looked down for an instant just to get my foot, my my bearings again on on, on the ground so that I wouldn't fall. And looked back up in, in less than probably a flash of an eye, and it was gone. And I was never so infuriated in my life that I didn't see that thing disappear and know where it went and how it disappeared like it did. But it disappeared. It was directly over my head when it did. Was it a white light, too? It was a bright white light. So I know that when you described this other that you just saw at the mall, you said that that was intriguing. But the one that really, really confounds you is that very first one that you saw over your house and how aggravated you were because you actually had oh, to look down. And- I couldn't be I couldn't be mad at myself that I literally had to look down for a split second and look back up and it was gone. And that it was no explanation for where it went. Don't know where it came from and certainly don't know where it continued to go. Folks, we we are very privileged to bring you this information just because just because we can. We we want you to have the information. We want you to be aware, not to frighten, not in any way to frighten, but just to say, pay attention to your surroundings, be open, um, be exploratory, and and just allow what comes to you come to you and. Uh, don't be afraid to let go of your expectations and your belief system in order for you to truly see the amazing world we live in. Even if we can't explain it all, uh, actually, we can explain very, very little of this, This, uh, as Tony so well said, this ocean. Uh, we live in an ocean of possibilities, and we are so amazingly huge. We are... Um, we are much bigger than what we feel we are. Some people compare ourselves to, or themselves to ants, 
you know, um, we're so tiny, we're, we're like a grain of sand. Well, we are, but we're also immeasurably large. And I think that we may, my belief is, um, one of my feelings, I guess, more than a belief, is that we will feel that when we are no longer here in this confined space called a body. So uh, that's my, my two cents on, on that. I, I don't know how to sum up this segment any better than that. And uh, any last remarks from, from Dad, from you, or from Tony? Well, no, again, thank you, Michelle, for today. Uh, it was very interesting uh, speaking with Michael. It was a true pleasure. And, uh, folks, if you're looking uh, for more of this type of information or stories, please give me a read. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com uh, and pick up your own copy of Astonishing Tales of Pennsylvania, Curiosities, Curses, and Creatures. Um, or if you would prefer, also the book Supernatural Lore of Pennsylvania also has a bunch of different wonderful stories. It's a compilation of many works, and I have some stories in there. Of course, the, the UFOs of the Poconos are just one of them. But uh, I thank you both, and this was very, uh, this was very interesting to me today uh, to actually sit down and be able to talk uh, with your father. And, um, you know, one of the things that I always treasure is the people who are brave enough to come forward, folks. It isn't easy, but hey, we have to do it because only through sharing these events that have happened to us can we maybe better understand our own world and who knows, maybe a glimpse of the universe. Maybe, maybe. Thank you, Tony. And I know you're going to be working on a new book that just may have uh, this story that Dad's telling in it, possibly Gills. Uh, we will see. But I know that that will give you some inspiration to, to keep for, getting that pen going and those keystrokes moving. Thank you again for joining me for this version of Life Speaks. But hold on. Don't go anywhere. I have another interesting story to share with you. I was in the spa the other day, and the girl there who does my facials shared with me that she had seen over Myrtle Beach three blue lights that were unexplainable, three lights that flew in the shape of a triangle, and they were blue orbs. So the shape of each one of these blue lights was circular shaped, like an orb, but they all three flew in the shape of a triangle over the beach. And they were, I say blue, she said more blue-purple. Uh, of course, color is very um, non objective with people because we all see various shades of color. What one person calls blue, someone else may call purple. Um, I see a what I would call more of a blue and red light around the orbs that I have seen in the sky that I will refer to as the UFO. Um, the same UFO, actually, that I'm going to be sharing with you in an upcoming broadcast of Life Speaks, where I'm going to interview my boyfriend who actually used to be my husband, but that's a different story. Um, that's, that's alien in itself. <laughs> but the ship that he saw originally over the house that I moved into with him the day before I moved in, he saw it. And that is going to be coming up on an upcoming episode of Life Speaks. I'm going to share with you the um, way that he saw it, how long he saw it, uh, and what had happened since then, and the interesting 
connection between he and I with this UFO. Very interesting indeed. Um, superstitious, uh, serendipity, coincidence. Um, not sure. You can make your, your own mind up on that. But the, the girl in the salon was sharing with me her story and she had seen this many years ago, uh, when she was a, a younger in her late teens. Uh, she's now around 27 and she was sharing this with me because I was telling her about this show coming up where I had interviewed, uh, my father, Mike Zirkel, and, uh, co-hosted with Tony Lavorgna, who is a writer friend of mine and who does extensive U.S. UFO research and has for the past 30 years, uh, both in uh, his personal life and in writing uh, in a professional way. So when you share your stories that you've experienced sometimes, even though you think you blink and maybe I didn't really see that and you question yourself, uh, as this girl did, Possibly someone else will have seen it beside of you. And that was the case with her. She actually turned to, I believe she said it was her brother and he had also seen it. So it was gone in a flash. Uh, it was, um, extremely quick when it left. It zoomed off in a way unlike any airplane would. So as you experience your world, just be open to what may present itself and try not to second guess what you see, what you feel, and what you experience. Because remember, we're all unique individuals here. We're all experiencing a slightly different slice of life, whether that is in our actual vision, in our touch, in any of the senses, any of our five main senses, and especially in our sixth sense that I will call intuition. We are all experiencing a slightly different version of that. And as you stop second guessing yourself, you'll find that you do open up to more possibilities of what you can experience. So like a child, look at your life, embrace every moment and just be open and aware. I don't do this broadcast for any sort of fear or trying to, to get anyone to believe what I, what I experience, but I can relate to you as eloquently as possible what I experience and what others around me, friends and colleagues, and sometimes just an occasional, uh, mutual acquaintance will share with me that they experience and I appreciate the sharing that goes on in this type of community and this type of forum because it enables us to, first of all, feel just a little bit better that maybe we're not actually crazy. And we also are, I feel, more empowered to deal with the challenges that can arise when we constantly experience something that we may feel that others do not. But there's a, a camaraderie, there's a comfort level in sharing and embracing life together. And we're all getting just a little bit more uh, 
we're all getting really close actually right now with this coronavirus that uh, just since I have recorded that segment uh, has come out. So we're all becoming closer and realizing we really are in this together and we're in this life together to help each other and move each other forward and and experience it together. So I encourage you to let people share their experiences with you without judgment, without deciding whether they're right or wrong based on your experience, just to let them share theirs. Sometimes all we need is a big ear. Just listen. And that's what this broadcast is about. Open your big ears and listen because life does speak. This is Michelle Zirkel, your host for Life Speaks here on the air. (laughs) 